This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Herdeen Merci. Herdeen is a licensed clinical social worker, certified grief coach, retreat facilitator, and international transformational speaker. She is also the host of the Redefining Grief Podcast. Herdeen's life calling is to create non-judgmental spaces for broken hearts to heal and purposeful living standard. Thank you for joining me today. Hey, how are you? Thank you for having me. I'm so honored, Roman. Thanks for coming on. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today? I think I got to where I am today in life because I kept asking questions. I kept asking questions. And when I think about where I am in life, um, I'm a first generation Haitian American. My parents migrated to the States, Florida, um, from Haiti to Florida by boat. And so that whole educational question that I had, okay, what is my purpose? I had two individuals before I was even born risk their lives for a child that they did not even know. And so when I thought about that as a child, I'm like, oh, my God, I have to succeed in life because someone risked their life so that I can be here. Yeah, I'm a first generation immigrant uh, from Ukraine. So coming from a communist country and seeing what people went through and, you know, the work ethic and stuff like that. So I think immigrants, the uh, the children of kind of uh, parents that were first generation immigrants, I think they have a kind of an extra chip on their shoulder and uh, kind of a, a little bit of grit based on where they came from in terms of succeeding in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things you have to be willing to do is ask the question and fell forward. I had to learn that, though. It wasn't always easy, but I'm so glad I did because in doing so, I found my life purpose. I found my calling. Master's um, degree and do um, very interesting things. I had always questioned this thing called life. You know, what is life? And I have a dear friend of mine whose name is Tanya King. Talk about life is living in purpose and focus every day. And so how do I live in purpose and focus every day with passion, love, and really be present? Because as a seven-year-old, I often would think of, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And I was obsessed with going to funerals as a kid because I wanted to hear, like, how did that person die? I don't want to end up like them, right? And so it wasn't until I got into my teens, I realized that if I'm going to die, I have to do everything in my power to live for today. And so that is my life mission, teaching individuals how to live for today, no matter matter what tragedy has happened. I always say in the midst of chaos, you still have purpose. 
Yeah, I agree. And that, is that what drove you to kind of get into the career you are in today and, and follow that educational path as well? Um, I want to say yes. I I literally thought that I was so obsessed with funerals and attending them because of the life lessons that I was learning as a kid um, and hearing how other people had lived their life. I thought I was going to be a mortician. And then I spent some time eventually after getting my degree um, at a, working at a funeral home for a little bit of time. And I'm like, this is in it. But helping individuals grieve, helping individuals process their heartbreak, that's it. And that's what I do. Yeah, and I think that's super important or having someone in that, you know, situation or time of need or like you said, time of grief to really um, help you through that or at least show you kind of the path. Um, You know, I've experienced loss in different forms in my life and some of which, you know, I've been to, you know, talking to, you know, therapists and stuff like that to kind of talk through the problem, because ultimately you have to make that choice in terms of the direction uh, you you take that or how you process it or what you do with it and how you harness that into, you know, something that shuts you down emotionally and, and physically and, and mentally sometimes, or you're going to get past it. So I think it's important having someone kind of in, in your corner if you, you know, you're comfortable with, with going to a professional or just simply like talking it out. And I know from the male perspective, especially coming from a former uh, Soviet or Eastern Bloc country where the stereotype in, in terms of men, they're even less uh, showing of emotion and very stoic. Um, so a lot of the time I see people or they actually tell me like, you know, we were at this event or whatever, and there was a bunch of people from Eastern Europe and they all look like super serious or, you know, super angry. And a lot of the time, like that emotion doesn't reflect what they're, you know, seeing inside. So I think it's important to at least talk it out. If you like, at least personally, it feels a lot better and you can pop, probably talk through and get to some kind of resolution or some kind of, you know, path to healing. Yeah, you you know what? You're right, Roman. When I think about it, I think oftentimes, and that's why I'm on this quest to help individuals redefine grief, because grief is not, we just don't experience grief when someone dies. We experience grief when you think of a heartbreak. Is the heartbreak surrounding financial issues? Is the heartbreak surrounding a relationship? Is the heartbreak surrounding career goals? Is the heartbreak surrounding maybe your car being repoled that ties into finance? Is the heartbreak surrounding a divorce? Is the heartbreak an unmet dream? That is not happening. And what individuals have a hard time realizing is that grief is this normal and natural reaction to loss, any loss. But you have to make time to grieve so that it doesn't weigh you down and you go into what I call pacifying behaviors. How do I numb the pain? Am I going to numb it through alcohol, drugs, toxic relationships, overworking, overworking out so that I don't really have to deal with the reality of what my emotional state is. And so emotional well-being and mental health well-being, it is vital if you want to really get to this place of purposeful living. Yeah, I agree. And I think like grieving is natural, having a natural process. And um, I think 
actually like one of the reasons I switched over to an interview format of my show is uh, my grandfather passed away February of 2019. He was really the main uh, male role model in my life. And at first, you know, I started shutting down or not like having the proper time to grieve and not really coming to terms with it. And then one thing uh, I thought about was, you know, it wouldn't be fair to him and the people that came before him to get me to this point uh, in terms of honoring them with with my actions. If I should just shut down on all my goals and everything that I'm pursuing, because he, you know, before he passed, he told me in terms of being proud of me for what I've achieved, for the fact that, you know, me being a foster parent, me raising kids that are my own and opening up my heart that way. So I thought to myself, it wouldn't be fair to him for me to just shut down because that wouldn't honor him in any way. And I think switching over to an interview format actually helped in the grieving process because I've had conversations and people talked about kind of their rock bottoms, their losses, how they, you know, how they went through it and some of the grieving process. And I think it really helped me through that. And then it also connected me with my show in terms of a personal kind of emotional connection at this point. So I think even talking to to strangers that I meet the, for the first time on an interview platform can really, you know, even help in terms of getting that conversation going. Yeah. And, you know, I think and that is the whole premise of my podcast as well is sharing stories, whether it is someone that is dealing with the emotional um, or um, health grief, you know, we grieve our health. Like if you get a diagnosis, if you get um, information from a doctor, cancer, it could be diabetes, it could be your limb has to be cut off. We grieve our prior self. And sometimes individuals cannot get to a place where they're actively healing. One of the things I say is we can talk about it all day. But if there is no action plan to actively heal, whether it's a therapist, whether it's a grief coach, whether it's accountability partner that will see you, hear you without judgment, um, if you're not actively healing, I call, it's what I call emotionally dumping. You're just emotionally dumping, but you're not getting to a place where you can heal because there's no plan behind it. Yeah, I agree. So what motivates you to succeed? Obviously, those motivations may have changed over times with different uh, variables in your life, but what currently motivates you to succeed? I think the biggest motivation for me to succeed is that when I really think about this thing called life, I am very aware from a very young age that I'm going to die. But I refuse to die without unwrapping and using all the gifts God have given me. I am very aware that the heartbreaks of life can become a distraction that keeps us from living. And so I've had those career moments where I'm like, come on, someone risked their life for me to be here. You got to help me out, God. I need to know what this purpose thing. I think everybody's always looking for their purpose and it's oftentimes missing. But I strongly believe when you spend time realizing that there's an end to this, it makes me show up in other relationships with my kids, 
my husband, being a, a, um, a daughter, an aunt, more intentionally because they're not always guaranteed to be with me forever. Yeah, I agree. And it's one of those things that, you know, coming to terms with that helps you also be more grounded in terms of appreciating the things in your life. Because I think you get caught up a lot of times, especially in the U.S. with a lot of superficial stuff about a lot of material stuff. You know, I think it's it's just human nature to look at the environment around you and kind of not necessarily try to stay in your own lane where you see other people may, have, may be a little bit more successful. And then you start thinking, you know, I, I have this, you know, skill set or, you know, knowledge base. And I feel like, you know, I should be a lot further than those people. So it's like all of those things. And at the end of the day, I think everybody thinks about, you know, their mortality in, in one way or another at some point of their life. But it's 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 important to take action because a lot of things, even starting my podcast, if I wanted to start it, I would have started it probably five years before I actually, you know, took up the courage and said, why not and do it? And anything in life in terms of, you know, accomplishing something or, or starting something new, you're not going to regret trying it and maybe failing because it's truly not a failure if you take a learning experience out of it or you can apply it to your life and who you are. But 20, 30, 40 years down the line, you're going to regret the things that you never did, not the things that you've tried and maybe failed, but learned. And I think you asked me what motivates me. I think my biggest motivation outside of me motivating myself is that I am the example to my children of what actively living is. You know, to have this balance, to understand that you get this one shot to live your life. Don't allow that shot to be robbed by you trying to be perfect, by you not trying to fail, but be more intentional children. And I will say this to adults as well. Be more intentional about being present, presently engaged in your life experience. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I've had the privilege of having uh, 25 children in my home since June of 2018 and just kind of being there for them. A lot of them don't have male role models or don't necessarily even know who their you know fathers are. So I think it's important to kind of show, you know, children in your life, people you come across, not even necessarily children, but in terms of who you are and like what you're giving back to the world. Um, and in terms of me personally, like it's important for me to leave a legacy. So doing everything possible, just giving a helping hand, you know, like on Clubhouse, giving free knowledge, being being as helpful as possible, because it 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 brings me joy when somebody direct messages me and say, hey, you gave me the courage to start a podcast. And I literally was wanting to do it for years. And then, you know, I heard you in a room and now, you know, a few days and I have everything said in my first episode recorded and um, I'm doing something or like if it's something that was said that was really impactful that, you know, got somebody to think a certain way or a different way or to critical uh, in terms of critical thinking from a perspective they may have not never looked at. And I do the same exact thing. I may have a conversation on my show, uh, be guest on another show, and we start talking about a topic. And then I, I look at it from a totally different perspective based on that person. 
And it's not like either that person is wrong or I'm wrong or, or we're both right, but it's just a different way of thinking. And I think it's kind of the beauty of, of connection and, and being willing to kind of learn and grow. And you, and you said something, Raymond, when you talked about leaving a legacy. I think oftentimes individuals are trying to leave a financial legacy, um, but we don't really realize that leaving an emotional legacy for our children is a lot, um, has, it goes a lot further because they will be able to handle the ups and downs and the roller coaster rides that life is guaranteed to bring them. Because I think oftentimes individuals believe that this life is supposed to be perfect and it's not. And you will experience ups and down moments that you have to be able to emotionally know how to navigate. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is also, uh, emotional IQ and, and developing empathy over time in terms of experiencing those things. Because I feel like a lot of people in terms of like growing up in, in generations not too long ago. Um, so people that are maybe in their early twenties or late teens, I feel like they have a tougher time coping with certain things than that previous generations would probably shrug off in terms of kind of their emotional development in a sense, like they were prepared better. Um, I would say maybe scared straight through, through experiences and situations that they've put in um, even being on clubhouse, listening to people in terms of like, just how they process things. It's, it's a lot different. And um, the way people react and sometimes even overreact or take things is interesting in terms of like generational development also. Mm-hmm. And I think what's what's happening is sometimes, you know, if you had a rough upbringing, you want to have your the next generation experience a more cushy, cushy lifestyle. Um, you don't want them to shed any tears. You do not want them to cry. You just want everything to just go just straight and narrow. But I think the beautiful thing that you can do for your children is tell them the power of their tears and what that does bring for them by learning to express, talk about these emotions, and then be at a place where when that time comes, they can deal with it and not navigate towards negative, um, pacifying behaviors. Yeah, I agree. So what's one thing that you may have seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today? Oh, I would say the one thing in my past that I now see as a strength is anchoring in my faith. Um, Before I used to talk about, you know, faith, faith and faith and all of this stuff. Like, yes, God is good, but I don't think I was actually practicing what I believe. And so there's a difference. Like we can talk about how great God is, but until you experience his goodness and his grace and his mercy, sometimes, um, and you have those life moments where you're like, okay, I know nobody else can save me, but you send an angel. And I think now I've gone from just talking about faith to actually practicing what is required to anchor in my faith so that I am um, I'm spiritually guided to hear my whisper. 
Yeah, I think it's important and also kind of one of those things in terms of like having faith, but then being backed up by works. So one of those things, I think prayer is powerful, but on the back end of that, you have to take the steps, you know, themselves, because then a lot of the times I've had blessings in my life and they've presented themselves in different directions that I didn't even imagine because that wasn't directly what I asked for in terms of prayer, but the solution was delivered in a package that I didn't expect. Come on, somebody. Listen, I think the way that happens is sometimes you ask for things, but when the door would close, you would like, is there something wrong with me? You start doing the negative self-talk. But the truth of the matter is that door is not a healthy door for you to go through. And so his plan is always the right plan. And I think there is growth. There's so much growth in my business, around my family and friends, just by having that active faith piece to it. We're just not going to talk about it, but we're actually going to do the work behind it. Yeah, I agree. And I I say, well, I heard it from somebody else, but I use it a lot. Everything in life is a lesson or a blessing. So even, even if you go through something, which I think everybody will experience, obviously, loss and different things in terms of their life that may be traumatic, some more than others, but taking that and 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 being a, a tougher person, a more um, emotionally connected person, to be sympathetic to people that may be going through that as as well. And obviously, not everybody has to be vocal about it. Some people don't necessarily, um, not to say the courage, but don't like talking about personal things, like on interviews and stuff like that, which is fine. But me personally, I was like that to begin with, with like the the miscarriages that we experienced with my wife and then being a, becoming a foster parent and the challenges with that, with the system and stuff. And I saw there weren't that many male uh, uh, role models or people within the space that were vocal about those experiences. So I couldn't connect to that. So I think it's important if you do even go through something and you make it out on the other end, really talking about that journey, what was it like? Because there's at least one person out there going through it or beginning that part of it or in the middle of it that can really relate to that. And it's one thing to talk about something, but it's another talking about something that you've experienced because then you can connect because I can talk to somebody about being a foster parent and say, you know, that's, you know, that's God's work or, you know, that's, that's a great mission and you're doing good. But when I talk to another foster parent, we like connect and we know each other's experiences because we've both lived that same kind of journey. Mm-hmm. And I would tell you this, one of the biggest myths about grief when I think about it is you should grieve alone. And I always find that podcasts like this, my podcast and just redefining grief and sharing those stories, it really makes individuals feel like they are not alone. Because oftentimes when we go through those hard aches and that pain and that sorrow or that despair moment, we believe we are alone. And if we are alone, then we there's nobody to talk to. There's nobody to share this with for whatever shame and hurt or um, feelings of rejection that you may experience. I think it's always good to say you are not alone. This is a season and just be ter- de- de- be determined to understand, ask yourself this question, what is the lesson? I think I, I always hear Oprah Winfrey talks about what is the lesson in this experience that I need to, to extract from something so heartbreaking? 
Yeah, I agree. So what's one thing that you can leave with the audience in terms of advice, personal or professional? I think personally, um, what I would say this, and it goes back to one of my favorite scripture is, it is better to go to a housewarming. Um, it is better to go to a funeral than it is to go to a housewarming because death is the destiny of everyone and the living shall take it to heart. I There are things that you are going to experience in life. There are heartbreaks that you aren't going to experience. Understand that you can't really fix that heartbreak by trying to deal with it in your brain. You really have to spend some time examining the heart. And what I got from that scripture is everything comes to teach us something. And when you open up your mind and your body and your soul to learn the lesson, even if it takes one, two, five years to get it, keep asking the question, what what is this experience here to teach me? Yeah, and I think it's one of those things where you really have to kind of uh, take time for yourself and really reflect because even thinking about things that I may have went through um, in the past, obviously I look at it differently now and all those experiences, if I could go back and apply the the things that I've learned from like the, the emotional empathy growth and the EQ perspective, I would be dealing with a lot of situations a lot differently. And it's easier said than done. I think I have this habit where like, you know, I'm, a, I'm an amazing resource to a lot of strangers and add so much value. But sometimes the people closer to, closest to me, I end up like hurting for no reason or the things I say. And it's like figuring out what triggers that and how I can become a better communicator and, and act, not act, but be the same way that I am with you know, acquaintances or people that I, I meet out of nowhere in terms of helping or clients in terms of mimicking that or, or having that same amount of communication with, uh, you know, let's say my wife, my my mom, my brother, and those closest to me. So that's like an ongoing, I guess, journey and conversation that I'm having with myself. Yeah, yeah. I often think People don't understand the power of loving themselves. And I think from personal and business perspective, what I would say is put yourself on the calendar. We often put our jobs, we often put um, the other titles that we have in our lives, whether it's um, the mommy, the dad, the, the uncle maybe, but put yourself on the calendar. Act like if you're not on the calendar, you are serving individuals from an empty cup. Fill your cup. And I think this month on my social media platforms, I'm teaching people just take time for yourself. What does that look like? And it's my 28 days of actively healing um, and how that can support you in filling your cup because nobody's really teaching you sometimes how to love yourself. Men and women make time for yourself. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's important. It's like one of those things where like, if you're on a plane, they tell you to put your mask on first before you worry about the other person and help them. So it's really like getting your stuff together before you can kind of undertake that as well. Yep. Totally agree. Put your mask on first. I um after the um COVID came, I thought of an acronym that I feel to be very helpful. It's called mask. M 
maintain your peace. A, acknowledge your emotions. S, seek community that will hear you without judgment. And K, know this too shall pass. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, uh, I mean, that's an awesome progression because as you were saying that, I was trying to visualize it like for myself. Um, And I think it's important. I mean, everyone is kind of a, a work in progress. And I think life and the journey of life isn't, uh, reaching a specific uh, stationary uh, destination. It's moving targets in terms of goals, ever-changing things in terms of variables. And, you know, people change from, it can be from one day to another. So I think it's important to reflect on that. And I think just going through the exercise or just repeating it that way and applying it to yourself, I think can can be very beneficial, especially taking maybe a few minutes to, your, to yourself and, and quiet because obviously, with everything going on in the world and just people living very busy lives with families and other obligations and, you know, goals professionally and personally, I think it's important, like you mentioned, to take at least some time and to get grounded and to kind of recalibrate because, I mean, there's a lot of uh, mental health things that have come out of, you know, the last year, year and a half and people kind of struggling from a lot of things and, with everything going on, that only amplified what they were going through. So I think taking time and and one trying to heal in a in a healthy manner, and really going through that that acronym, like you said, I think would be helpful for for a lot of people. You're you're so welcome, and I I strongly believe that when we make time for us, we then can serve the ones we love at a much greater level. Just be intentional about your time. And then I will also say be intentional about about giving yourself the space, the time, and the ability to heal with grace by honoring it. Because I think oftentimes individuals are moving so fast, trying to get to the healing, not realizing that this is a, a marathon and not a sprint. Yeah, I agree. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you or anything else you may have going on? Um, They can find me at www.herdeanmercier.com. They can listen to me at Redefining Grief Podcast. And I am on all social media platforms, LinkedIn, Instagram, where I love to play. Um, And and that is at Herdean Mercier. Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.